Do you like the show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Of course you do. Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Another sequestered uh, edition <laughs> of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And I am still the king of social distancing, <laughs> Derek Diamond. Yes, we're still in the midst of the for future alien scholars who are listening to this uh, and wondering what the hell happened. We're in week two of mandatory, uh, what do they call it, self-quarantine for... Yeah. The virus that wiped out humanity when you're going back and digging and trying to find <laughs> out what the hell happened. <laughs> it's because some dude banged a monkey or something and that ate a bat and then that bat pooped in uh, a pig's uh, fart or something. I don't know what happened. <laughs> well, on that note, how many movies about coronavirus do you think there's going to be made when oh this whole God. thing's over? Dude, have you seen like the new Netflix thing where like they show you the top 10 movies of like the day? Mm-hmm. It's been all like pandemic and uh what well, outbreak and all those kind of movies and I'm just like I don't know if I want to watch that type of stuff right now. Yeah, I mean it's kind of all the rage. Right now, well, except for uh, for Tiger King, oh, you know, that, that's that's kind of sweeping the, the nation <laughs> right now. Before we go on to Tiger King, so in your uh, opinion, how many bad uh, um, quarantine movies do you think we're gonna get out of this? Well, I hope to make one. Well, but, I, was hoping, uh, no, I, I have an idea for a, a sci-fi movie called Quarantine Shark that I want to talk to you and Wally about. <laughs> I, I'm sold already. Shark and shark cor, shark quarantine shark and teen. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be the next Sharknado. I've had too much coffee tonight. I'm sorry. No, that, it, we're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum because I'm like struggling to stay awake. <laughs> For some reason, like since like six o'clock, I've just been driving the struggle bus, and I even had coffee like around four thirty. Dude, hope you don't got the Rona. <laughs> Being worn no, out, I, that's uh that's one of the first signs. <laughs> God, let, let's hope not. Oh, no, I, I don't I don't think it's the Rona. Uh we do have um I am the Rampage Woo! and Dalmoa twenty two aka Tyler Watson Woo! in the chat room. So thank you guys for watching. Yes, thank you guys for joining us tonight. And uh I am the Rampage, yes, you can uh you can definitely throw in your two cents tonight. We will not we, we encourage it. Yeah. No, I, I love fan interaction. It, it's absolutely fantastic. He says there's a movie called Flu. It's on Prime. I don't want to watch movies about sickness right now. That's why I watch, so I started watching. Let's, let's go into it, Derek. I started watching Tiger King last night. Whew, okay. I don't even know what to say, man. Like You <laughs> haven't watched it yet, have you? No, I'm going to start it this weekend. So funny enough, I, I posted a poll on Facebook a couple of days ago about what I'm going to review on my show next week. 
But this Tiger King thing has gotten so much attention over the last two days that I'm like, I- I've got to throw it out as an option. So I made another poll, and right now it's running away with the the whole thing. So chances are I'm going to be doing a full Tiger King review on my show next week. Dude, it is full-on pants-on-head crazy, as Wally would say. It is so far out there. Like, you watch it, and you're just like, there are people like this in the world. And then as it goes on, it goes to some dark places. Like I just, I watched the first three episodes last night and I had to stop right then. I was just like, where is this going? (laughs) Like it's, I, I can't, I don't want to spoil anything. (laughs) I'm just like, you just, it goes places, man. Like it starts in one place and you will get off every exit on the interstate on this journey just to see what's there. <laughs> there you, no stone is unturned. I can't wait to watch it. It's that, that's my plan on Saturday is to just sit down in the morning and start watching this thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then see what happens. <laughs> I can't, but, dude, as soon as you do, as soon as you watch that first episode, I want you to call me. Or text me. I don't care. Just say, I just watched the first episode, and I have to know what you think. <laughs> I, I, The way you're putting it might warrant a phone call. Yeah. So if you get, if you get a call from me in the morning, there's that's nothing like this I've ever seen before in my life. Like, I thought it was going to be one thing, and that's kind of how it started. Because that's kind of like what, like you see one thing, it's just, it is something else entirely. Like it, it goes places, man. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone who's watched it that I know of say it's just completely insane. And it's one of those things that you have to watch. So I watched the first three episodes last night and I had to stop just so I could just let, I'm not going to watch any episodes tonight. I'm going to start watching them again tomorrow night. I just had to like, I just have to take a day and just let those three episodes sink in before I go any further. How many episodes are in this thing? Six or seven. Oh, okay. That's not too bad. Yeah. Like I couldn't go any further. I was like, my brain can't handle anymore. It's like, it's too, (laughs) it's too much. (laughs) Oh man. No, I mean, other than that, you know, I started working from home this week and it's been actually hasn't been that bad you know i i was worried about self-discipline because i have things here like video games and movies and shows that i can watch but i've actually been fairly productive when it comes to work which is which is nice we still don't know when baseball is going to start i actually read an article from uh, espn today that apparently major league baseball is hoping that their season will start in early June, which would put us at mid-June at the earliest. Yeah, that's crazy. So it, 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 the crazy thing is, and my prediction for the last couple of weeks has been we will start in late June and we'll essentially do half of a season. Yeah. Because we, we'd be like two to three weeks from baseball starting right now if yeah. things were normal. Well, we are going to do some kind of extra episodes. Uh, actually, this coming weekend, me and Derek have talked about it, and um, we're going to do a couple of extra episodes this weekend, just to kind of have them in the bank for, you know, 
because we don't know what's going to happen <laughs> the next couple of months. So yeah. we just want to have some episodes in the can for you guys. And we may actually, uh, I was thinking about, should we uh, go live to Twitch while we record this weekend? Or we want to just bank those shows and keep them in the back pocket? It'd be kind of cool to do a live watch along. I think it would be cool. We'll think about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and no, we're not going to do, uh, unfortunately, we're not going to do a Legend of Zelda animated series marathon. Yeah. But we're, <laughs> we, we, we've got some cool things planned. Yeah. So other than that, you got anything else you want to uh, throw out there before we go to the news for tonight? I'm just real quick. I, I've actually had a lot of fun doing my morning show. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I started my, my morning show, The Daily Diamond, uh, on Monday. And the, the first show actually got uh, close to 150 views That's within the awesome. first day. I've been wanting to watch, so it, but I've been at work every morning. It, it's, been, it's been a really cool thing. Like, it's something different. Like, today I, I had essentially a John Favreau-themed show where I talked about Chef and The Mandalorian. Oh, I love Chef. So esen- essentially what I do is I pick a movie and a show that you should watch uh, while you're in quarantine. Yeah. I love Chef. So, like, after I watched that movie, I started making grilled cheese sandwiches that, that are, like, 8,000 calories. <laughs> uh, but those grilled cheeses are so good. They are so good. <laughs> They're great. Like and I, I told everybody, cheese. like, when you watch that show, you're like, I could probably make something like that. Oh, and yeah. it makes you want to cook. Yeah. That's how I got into cooking was watching that in the Chef show. Yeah. Mm, so good. Man, yeah, I, that, that's, that's pretty much what I've been up to. We talk about the big news that happened this week for Mandalorian fans. Yeah, so, um, well, really two stories yeah. since, since the last show. So, apparently, Rosario Dawson, and this is kind of like a, a fan's dream casting choice, has been cast as Ahsoka Tano for so the Mandalorian. So, we're going to see a live-action version of her, and I... I cannot wait. I have been in love with Rosario Dawson ever since Clerks 2. Yeah. Oh, she's great. (laughs) She's fantastic. And she's, to me, is the perfect choice to play that character because they they hinted about, they dropped a little hint about the Jedi in the last episode of The Mandalorian. So to kind of see what she's been up to and the fact that she's still around, I'm curious as to how they're going to explain where she's been since the days of like clone wars and rebels oh yeah who else um what was the other news that dropped too uh michael bean yeah that's right michael bean kyle reese himself kyle reese <laughs> uh hudson not hudson hicks yeah aliens yeah he's supposed to be playing a bounty hunter of some type which i think is a perfect casting so choice cool. for him. i hope he teams up with bill burr because Bill Burr oh is supposed to be God. coming back. <laughs> oh, that's going to be so cool. I cannot wait for season two of that show. Like The Mandalorian, and we've talked about it at length on this show, my show, and I talked about it on the morning show. Best Star Wars property or Star Wars content since Return of the Jedi. Easily. So, And, and of course, you know, Baby Yoda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm ready to move into the news. What about you? Yeah, let's do it. From the 6thAxis.com, 
I'm pretty sure everybody knows about this already. The Sonic the Hedgehog movie is going to get an early digital release. Paramount Pictures have pushed forward the home release of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, and it will be landing on services very shortly, March 31st to be precise, less than 50 days after it debuted in theaters. Movie studios are frantically moving their releases schedule. release schedules around. Some films such as No Time to Die and Black Widow have been delayed. And, of course, I don't know if you saw earlier today that um, uh, Wonder Woman got delayed till August, too. Um, mm-hmm. Invisible Man and The Onwards are already available to rent online, albeit at a higher uh, price than normal, which I actually think is okay. Because you think about it, if you're doing a day and date type of thing, and I've said this for a long time, if they gave me day and date for a movie to come out, like, would I rather spend $20 to get, you know, uh, a movie like, um, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, where I can watch it in the comfort of my house with my own snacks and don't have to worry about other people in the theater, or do I want to spend, you know, 25 bucks for two tickets plus another 40 bucks on popcorn and drinks and candy. Like you're still coming out ahead, even if you're paying the the $20 price point. So I I don't see why I I know a lot of people have been bitching about that the last few days online, but I'm like, that's kind of what I was expecting. I was actually expecting it to be more than 20 bucks. Well, I especially think if a movie like no time to to die came out or black widow would be way more expensive. Oh yeah. But honestly, we're kind of in a position right now, and I don't want to get on my high horse or my soapbox about how people have been acting through this whole thing, but if you're getting a movie right after it came out of theaters, I don't feel like you should really be complaining about the price because of everything else that's going on. Some of y'all didn't grow up in the 80s where it took uh, over a year (laughs) to get movies on uh home video after they left the theater and it shows like do you you weren't old i don't even think you were old enough to remember this videotapes used to be like 90 bucks when they first came to own back at like when i was a kid like if you wanted a movie that was in the case like with a, a you know an official sleeve like the official movie you know you wanted to buy it it was like 90 bucks 100 bucks it was not cheap and we live in a world now where, like, you can have a movie beamed to your TV through, you know, the air <laughs> for, like, two ninety nine. I ain't complaining about shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with you. I, I don't think the price is really that bad. And to be honest, you know, I, I'm happy that the Sonic movie is coming out early. Though I might wait because it's supposed to come out on Blu-ray in early May. Yeah. Because this is a movie that I want a physical copy of. Oh, yeah. So I'll likely wait. Like If you can rent it, then I might do that. But I'm definitely going to get the physical copy because that'll have all the bonus features and everything. And, and I know that with a lot of iTunes releases especially, you get the bonus features with the purchase. Yeah. But I would still much rather have the physical copy. But either way, I, I think it's it's kind of cool, and I know it's probably a discussion for a whole separate podcast, but oh, yeah. I honestly think this is going to change movie releases. That might be a good discussion, you know, to have, like, me, you, Wally, and Steve about after your, Things are going to be really different 
after all this is over with, especially for movie theaters, movie studios. I think a lot of theaters are going to end up closing because of this virus. Well, I think it's going to change what movies are released in theaters. Like, I think your your big releases, like your Marvels, your James Bond, those will still come out in theaters because that's going to be the best way that they can get their money back. Yeah. Because so much more money is spent to make those movies than, like, The Lighthouse. I honestly think we're go- after this, we're going to see a rise in uh, individually owned movie theaters that do, like, second-run movies, uh, more... Uh, kind of art house type stuff, indie movies with smaller mm-hmm. theaters. Um, you know, that's what I would like to see, honestly. And I think we might be in a world where that will work, where we have fewer giant multiplexes where you're going to go see, you know, the Avengers and all the big movies, but then you're going to have these like little small private movie theaters like the Pritania in New Orleans where. I went and and watched Suspiria last year, and they they always do, you know, it's one theater in this movie theater. It's in the middle of a neighborhood, but it's like a hundred-year-old theater. And they do, like, all kind of, like, during the the Halloween season, they do, like, uh, you know, horror movies and stuff, like midnight horror movies. They do Rocky Horror Picture Show, all that kind of stuff. And that's the kind of stuff you do at little, you know, like privately owned movie theaters. And I think we might actually start to see a rise in that after this. So you're saying I could own my own movie theater one yeah, day? I don't see why not. <laughs> that's that's actually not a bad idea for a discussion. I, I, let me discuss let me sit on that, and I, I might try and set something up okay. for my show with you guys. I think that would actually be a really good discussion. Oh, yeah. But our next story comes to us from express.co.uk, and if this is true, this makes me very happy. Mm-hmm. Nintendo Direct March 2020 with Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 coming this week. Let's see. Um, Nintendo Direct fans are in for a treat with a reliable leaker saying a March 2020 broadcast featuring Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 is dropping this week. It has been over 200 days and counting since the last Nintendo Direct took place in September. That Direct revealed the first proper look at Animal Crossing New Horizons and didn't come too long after the jaw-dropping E3 Direct, which Animal Crossing, I've been seeing a lot of people playing that on social media. Mm-hmm. At the time, fans had no way of knowing they would be in store for such a long drought, with today marking 201 days since the last Nintendo Direct, but it looks like this duct is about to be broken with a reliable leaker claiming the next Nintendo Direct is happening this week he also correctly predicted that e3 was getting canceled and let's see also claims that it will feature a zelda breath of the wild 2 update and metroid news i hope so and then goes to ask the question will we at last be getting the first official footage of metroid prime 4 which was announced way back in 2017 or it could be a metroid prime trilogy compilation or a Super Metroid remake. I don't know about you personally. Like, a Metroid Prime collection sounds fantastic, and I would play it in a heartbeat, but I would rather get an original game. Yeah, same here, but if they were to do... I, I, I really don't need a Super Metroid remake. The original no. Super Metroid is good enough as it is. Um, but a an updated... Metroid Prime Trilogy? Now that piques my interest. 
Oh, don't get me wrong. I would get that in an absolute heartbeat because I love the original Metroid Prime game. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't different. get as into the sequels, but the original is still really good. And we honestly have heard nothing about Zelda yeah. in quite some time. This time. Yeah, so anything, do I expect anything major? No. But I think any update is better than none. Yeah. We'll see. And yeah, for... it says here uh, it's supposed to drop likely March 26th, which as we're recording this is tomorrow okay. or today if you're listening to the audio version the day it comes out. Keep an eye out. Uh, <laughs> if that, if as soon as I see it, I'll send it to you. Okay. If it drops in the morning. I hope there's some Metroid news. Like, I would love to hear some Zelda news, but Metroid is, we've been too long without a Metroid game. Agreed. And they, you know, they went back to the drawing board after they announced it in 2017 that they were going back to the drawing board. They've got to have something to show by now. It's got to be I would think close so. to being done. It has to be. Even if it's a teaser, it's better yeah. than nothing. Uh, and for our last story tonight, this is on Forbes.com. Sega Arcade pop-up history is every gamer's ultimate coffee table book. Uh, coffee table books might not be as popular as they used to be, but get, then again, they never really changed. Uh, let me move this closeness out. They've always been a case of a glossy hardcover binding with picturesque pages in between. Luckily, the arcade games that brought innovation, innovation to the wider industry all those years ago finally led to a truly unique take on the time-honored publishing format. In fact, the subject matter literally jumps off the pages. Sega Arcade pop-up history dives into the creation, development, and literal arcade presences of six of the most iconic Sega Tycoon body sensation video game cabinets. Afterburner, Hang On, Outrun, Power Drift, Space Harrier, and Thunderblade have all been recreated as pop-up sculptures courtesy of paper magicians Helen Friel and Cam Tang. Uh, it was created after a highly successful Kickstarter campaign that raised over uh, $58,000 while backers all received a limited edition silver-covered version of the book. It is now available for public purchase in limited numbers. Interesting. Did I ever tell you my idea about a coffee table book? Mm -mm. So I always wanted a coffee table book that had the covers of the best coffee table books. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Kramer on Seinfeld, a coffee table <laughs> book about coffee tables. Coffee table books. <laughs> and the book in the coffee table book itself, and he pulls out the little legs, is a coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that episode. <laughs> oh, Seinfeld's so good. Uh, that show is great. One of the best shows of all time. But no, th this is really cool. You know, I, I always love hearing successful Kickstarter campaigns because I I'm sure that there are so many that don't especially yeah. when it's about something like this because people put a lot of time and a lot of effort into making stuff like this oh, so yeah. to see it succeed makes me happy and that's cool i mean it's, this isn't really something that i would necessarily run out and get but it's interesting like if i saw it on someone's table i'd be like oh this is awesome and flip through it but yeah actually, i don't know it's it's a good conversation starter is what it is I just keep going back to the Seinfeld episode. <laughs> <laughs> and the coffee table book is in itself a coffee table. A coffee table. 
What's the deal with coffee table books? Um, and before we go into this month in our video game history, uh, we had a couple of um, listeners, Tyler Watson and Brandon Rutledge, to be exact, who answered the call on Facebook to uh, give us their top 10 quarantine games. But we missed it because Facebook is being weird lately and didn't give me my notifications that we got some responses. So we're going to uh, go ahead and give their top 10 quarantine list this week. So I'll do, uh, I'll do Tyler's and you do Brandon's. Cool. And uh, Tyler says, his top 10 quarantine game list, this consists of some of his favorite games plus some from his backlog. Uh, starting at number 10, Metal, Metal Gear Solid. Uh, number 9, Persona 5. Number 8, A Link to the Past. Number 7, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Number 6, Super Mario World. Number 5, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Great game. Uh, number 4, Rebel Galaxy. Uh, a PS4 game about being a space trucker smuggler. Uh, imagine if they made a game out of Firefly or Han Solo during a smuggler, di- smuggler days. I heard about this game, but I never played it before. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, let's see. Number three, Yakuza Kiwami. Number two, Monster Hunter World. That's another game I'd love to play. I've heard a lot about. Uh, and then number one, Dragon Quest Eleven. I uh, never played that, but this is a pretty solid list. Yeah, I would be happy with it. I mean, Metal Gear Solid's classic. You can't go wrong with Link to the Past, Sonic 2, Mario World, Castlevania. You, you've, you've got some good variety, too. So I, I think, you know, I, I'd be pretty set with yeah, this I had list. A, I was struggling with uh, whether or not I was going to put a Castlevania game on my list. But there isn't any, like, one single game I'd want to put on there. There's several that I would want to put. So if I did put one on my list, it would be that Castlevania collection that you could get for, like, 20 bucks. Yeah. But Brandon Rutledge's list, uh, number 10, Kingdom Hearts. Number 9, Final Fantasy VII. Blech. 8. <laughs> <laughs> Just we'll, we'll get to that. Just we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, number eight, Secret of Mana, which I actually started a another playthrough um, over the weekend, and I'm like, I think a third of the way through the game. Uh, number cool. seven, Call of Duty Black Ops. Six, Rock Band 3. Number five, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary. Number four, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time. Number three, Final Fantasy 10. Number two, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And number one, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. And that list was in no particular order. Yeah. Overall, I, I, I actually really like this list. Kingdom Hearts is a game that we've not really discussed on the show, but is amazing. The, just the concept alone of Kingdom Hearts is yeah. amazing. I've never and, played it. I know a lot oh, of people it, that do, though. I haven't played the, the third one, but the first two are really good. And Secret of Mana, of course, is one of my favorite Super Nintendo games of all time, along with Ninja Turtles 4. I wouldn't have thought to put a Rock Band game on there. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. And, of course, you know, like Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, can't go wrong with that. Yeah, of course. My, my only complaint is that there are too, too many Final Fantasy games on yeah. this. <laughs> Just kidding, Brandon. <laughs> Uh, well, let's go ahead and move into, uh, well, oh yeah, and by the way, thank you guys for sending those in. We're sorry we missed those. Uh, we'll be a little more diligent next time I put a call out for things like that. But, uh, but yeah, thank, thank you guys a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and move into this month in video game history. <laughs> 
in March of 1982, Atari's Atari 2600 version of Pac-Man hits stores, 12 million cartridges are produced, 7 million sold. It's believed to be one of the causes of the North American video game crash of 1983. Do you want to know why? They made 12 million cartridges, but there were only 7 million Atari 2600s sold. Why would you make 5 million more cartridges than you need? Great business decisions. Mm-hmm. And you know that the, that Pac-Man game for the Atari 2600 was actually the uh, proof of concept demo that the dude that worked at Atari did who programmed it. That was not supposed to be the finished game, but they wanted it out so quickly that they took the prototype and put it out. The proof of concept. And look what happened. And it was terrible. Yeah, I mean, the, the video game crash of 83 is something we've talked about you know, at length on multiple episodes of this show. But I, I just want to understand the logic in some things, and this is definitely one of them. And that was actually our, our episode 100. If you're new to the show, uh, go back and listen to our 100th episode where um, we talked about the video game Crash of 83, and I also did an interview with Scott Johnson, who uh, is from Frog Pants Studios, and he was actually, um, his father um, was a video game um, dealer, back in the 80s when the video game crash hit, so his family was hit really hard by the video game crash, so we had a a really cool interview about that. So that's episode 100, if you want to go back and check that out. In March, March 21st to be specific, of 1989, Sega releases Fantasy Star 2, a landmark title for the role-playing video game genre. Have you ever played a Fantasy Star game? No, I've wanted to, and I've, I've been very tempted to play it on the, uh, the Sega Genesis Mini because I've heard so much good stuff about Fantasy Star. Yes, yeah, same. Um, I can't remember if there was one for the GameCube or not. I don't. Let me look. Let me look that up real quick. No, Fantasy, Fantasy Star was strictly a, a Sega property. Okay. I don't think they ever put them out for any of the Nintendo uh, consoles. Let's see. Oh, they did. They no, did, it was uh, Fantasy Star Online. No, I remember oh, okay. the game. I never played it, but I remember it being out. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. Uh, but uh, see... same same with you. I've never played a Fantasy Star game, but I'll change that eventually. Yeah, I don't see anything uh, where it was put on any other systems beside the uh, Atari Jaguar. Um, mostly just Atari products. Um, the Game Gear and nothing for Nintendo. Uh, game no. Gear. Oh, man. But I'd love to play it, though. I'm going to play it one of these days. Yeah, same. Uh, On March 22nd of 1996, Resident Evil is released for PS1. Uh, Basically kick-started the the survival horror genre that dominated for the next, like, 10 years (laughs) on uh, the PlayStation and, you know, most of those... Like that 10-year period, it was just Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, uh, Silent Hill, all those kind of games. So Resident Evil is still one of the... It's it's really bad to go back and play it now, 
like the voice acting is horrendous. Have you have you really? gone back and checked like check out some clips on YouTube of some of the acting in Resident Evil? It's atrocious. Uh, do you mean the game or the movie series? Uh, well, both. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that little dig in there. Uh, Tyler also mentions in the chat that there was a fantasy star for Game Boy Advance as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to throw this one in there just for humor purposes, but on March 4th, 1999, Pepsi Man is released for PS1, and yes, it's based off the soft drink. Oh my god, you have got to watch the Angry Video Game Nerd video about Pepsi Man. I want to review this game. Oh, it looks awful. <laughs> I know, that's why I want to review it. Please, <laughs> please review it. I am begging you. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's got to be somewhere online that I can play it. Oh, I'm sure. I just the cover art is so atrociously bad. It's it's nice, this guy in a man. full like full body suit. You can tell the Pepsi logos on his chest, and it just says "drink" in the background. Mm. <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> oh man, gotta love yeah, that, that 90s that's... product licensing. That's got to happen. You know what I do want to play, though? I actually thought was a great game. Speaking of product licensing, did you ever play the 7-Up sp uh, seven, seven Spot game for Nintendo? No, <clears throat> no, but I remember them. I did rent it. I remember liking it a lot when I was a kid. So if I want to find a copy of 7-Up uh, Spot for the NES, and I want to review it. We should do back-to-back -back reviews, and we'll just call it our yeah. tribute to carbonated beverages. <laughs> I'm down. I don't drink them anymore, but I will pay tribute to them. Yeah, I like a good Cherry Coke Zero. They're so good. Uh, my my favorite, though, classic Mountain Dew and then Vanilla Coke. Oh, it was fantastic. I'm, you know what? Who has the best Mountain Dew? Taco Bell. I don't know what it is about their oh, Mountain dude. Dew. <laughs> Dude, a Mountain Dew Baja Blast and some soft tacos. Oh, dude, I would bathe in their their Mountain Dew. <laughs> uh, yeah, get that image uh, out of your head, everybody. Uh, Let's move on. I could, yeah. I was about to say, but before I really try and test my Photoshop skills, let's move on. Okay. Uh, March 21st of 1999, Pokemon Snap is released for the N64, which you did a review of this game not too long ago. Arguably the most underrated Pokemon game of all time. The concept is so simple. You take pictures of Pokemon, but it's so addictively fun. Hmm. And I don't know why they haven't either ported this over or made a sequel on the Switch because it would be fantastic. Well, it because seems you... like, I don't know, maybe the, the, like, I know that Pokemon Go was such a huge success. This still seems like you could do a single player type of uh, Pokemon game with it. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems like your portable phone is the perfect opportunity to do like a mobile version of Pokemon Snap. Yeah, because you could still do the augmented reality, but you just go around and yeah. you try and, and take pictures of Pokemon. And like you like say, you know, you're walking downtown and you find like a I don't know, a radicate and it's sitting at like a, a street corner or something. 
you walk up to it and it doesn't move for like five seconds. So you have to try and snap the best photo you can. And then it runs away. Uh, Tyler says, cool I don't spot. know why not yeah. either. Snap is such a fun game. And I'm the Rampage says he's never played it. Snap's such a fun game. Yeah, cool you, spot. If you've was got the a 64, you got to try it. He reminded me, he, he said, Cool Spot. That was the name of that game. Set this yeah. up. Cool Spot. I'm telling you, we should, we should do that. <laughs> back to back reviews of Cool Spot and Pepsi Man. You have to find another one, though, too, because I want to do the uh, Yo Noid video game. Remember the Noid? Who was the Domino's pitch man back in the eighties? It was like a he was a um he was a claymation character. You know, avoid the Noid. I have no idea what it uh, means. <laughs> that I don't remember. Yeah, and they made a game off it called Yo Noid. Okay, so Giant Bomb has a list games based on food products. Oh, please read that off to me. <laughs> All right, so for the uh, let, let's go let's go back to the the early early days, um, because there's oh Captain Crunch's Crunchling Adventure. What? What is that for? Let... That is for PC. It was released in 1999. Oh. Uh, Eminem's oh. Mini Madness for Game Boy Color. I remember that game. Oh, here we go. I, I found it. Taco Bell Tasty Temple Challenge. Players control Baja Bill. Players go through the temple of a lost jungle civilization, battling snakes and scorpions with hot and wild sauce. You've Taco Bell be can be consumed me. for health. <laughs> oh, my. Wait, this is... Oh, you can get it. Uh, actually, I think you can get it for free. Um, from my abandoned that, that, where... That game has to be played, like, now. Oh my god, I want to play this so bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can get it from classicreload.com, um, myabandonware.com, giantbomb.com has the article. Oh yeah, there's a, you can find this game. It's oh, this looks so stupid. <laughs> I Stupidly have to play awesome. It. Oh man. Let's see, we've got Spot Goes to Hollywood. Um, let's see. Tony and Friends in Kellogg's Land. Sneak King. That's what I was trying to f remember. I am the Rampage uh, brought up Sneak King. That's what I was going to ask you to review. Which one is Sneak King? You remember a Sneak King? They used to uh, give them out, or they had Xbox, th was it 360? Xbox 360, I think. Um, you could get it at Burger King, and it was the King. Remember the really creepy King? mascot they had oh i i remember this game yes i'm looking to at it right around now and give like give people burgers <laughs> dude the the burger king was my spirit animal back in the day oh man all right we so we got to compile a list like we can make a whole month out of dude, this we just like do really an entire month maybe <laughs> even two months placement. if there's enough of them <laughs> i mean if this coronavirus thing keeps going yeah this is the content you're going to get. Okay, yeah, Sneak King's got to happen. All right, so we've got Sneak King. We've got Pepsi Man. Mm -hmm. I think we should do a co-review co of this Taco Bell game. Oh, we have to. We have to. Yes. Baja <laughs> Bill. I think Wally would want to get in on the Taco Bell game, too. We have to do it. Well... I don't know, it's kind of disgusting to eat during a podcast, but it would be great to do this 
No, we could play the game online while we eat Taco Bell. Yes, I love that idea. Let's see. I am the Rampage S. Wasn't there a McDonald's McKids game? Yes, there was. Point? That was an NES game, uh, McKids. And it was actually yeah, a really at good it. game. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, I see the, the Noid game. Yeah. And, of course, you got the, the California Raisins. Did the California Raisins have a game? <gasps> oh, my God. I, I think I might have found the Holy Grail. What? Kool-Aid Man. I remember there was... Wasn't that for the Atari 2600? Yes, released in 1983. you just bust through walls the, or some shit? The, <laughs> the cover is literally him busting through a wall, and it says, Oh, yeah! Oh, my God. That's so awesome. Oh, we have snuck down a rabbit hole, my friend. <laughs> I want to play the Kool-Aid, man. Uh, see... This is what happens when I do a podcast and I'm really tired. I just look up yeah. really goofy stuff. All right, we need to get back on track before we go any further down this rabbit hole. Yeah, because yeah, I could talk for another 45 minutes Bookmark about Bookmark that page. Oh, I, I'm going to save it. All right, good. I'm, I'm just not going to close it. Uh, to close this out for this month, who knew Pokemon Snap would lead into product placement? <laughs> uh, March 4th of 2000, Sony's PlayStation 2 launches in Japan with 10 launch titles, and the lifespan of that console was sick. It was what? When did they stop production on it? Like 2013, 14, something like that? Yeah, something along those lines, those early 2010. Ridiculous. Well, I remember, you know, when you would go in Walmart or Target, like a third of the gaming section would be PS2 games. Yeah, I know. Because it was like everything that wasn't Nintendo would be on the PlayStation 2, and that was what everybody would get yeah. because, in a way, it was, like, one of the first great DVD players. Oh, yeah, and that was the only reason a lot of people bought it was because it was yeah. a, had a DVD player, too. Yeah. It, it was genius on Sony's part, to oh, be yeah. honest. But, oh, um, man. But that closes us out for this month in video game history. And before we go into the review, Derek, do you have some Patreon shout-outs? Looks like we got some new Patreons this week. We do. As always, we like to shout out our awesome Patreon subscribers who are actually responsible for my review this week. We'd like to shout out Armez J, Axeblade 07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, and welcoming Carlos Longoria. Thank you guys so much for your contributions and helping keep the lights on here at the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. And if you want to possibly decide what we review during the show, and if we get back to the $50 level, we'll do an extra episode for you guys every month that will be one of the fun commentaries like we've done for The Wizard, for Super Mario Brothers. You can just head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And tonight we're going to be talking about... Strange, jaunty music. <laughs> it is, but it's actually quite fitting for this game. So I mentioned Patreon. So I posted a poll on Patreon a few weeks ago asking you guys what you wanted me to review. 
and I listed four options, and there was a tie. One of those games was Killer Instinct, which will be my next review, and the game that I'll be reviewing tonight, which is Vector Man for the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive. And the reason why I picked Vector Man is because that was voted on first. So I figured use that as the tiebreaker. Uh, Vector Man, and there was actually a sequel to it as well. It's a run-and-gun platform game developed by Blue Sky Software and published by Sega for the Sega Mega Drive slash Genesis. Say Sega Mega Drive five times fast. Hmm. The first game in the series was released in October of 1995. And it's gone on, it's been in several compilations, the Sega Genesis collection for PS2, PlayStation Portable, the Gems collection for the GameCube, and Sonic's Ultimate Genesis collection for Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. So it's been a little bit of a staple as far as Sega goes, which you can't think of too many of those that are non-Sonic titles. Yeah. And I actually have an interesting story of how I was introduced to Vector Man. And this, let me take you back to the mid-90s. I was probably 10, maybe 11 years old. And I'm sure you remember back in the day when you'd have stores like Sears, um, Walmart, other toy stores, and they would have the, the display of like the Genesis, the Super Nintendo that you could play for demo purposes. Oh, of course. <clears throat> Well, I remember at one of the old malls that we had here in town, there was a Sears. And on the second floor, just like tucked away in the corner, they had a very small electronic section. And they had three systems on display. There was a Game Boy, there was a Super Nintendo, and a Sega Genesis. And of course, I was surprised that the game selected for the Genesis was not Sonic. It was Vector Man. So playing it just some random Saturday in a Sears in the mid to late 90s was my introduction to Vector Man. And I don't remember that much about it, but I do remember playing it. And uh, I on the Rampage says, Vector Man is one of the few games that I owned but never beat. Honestly, never got too far. Difficult as hell, and I love Mega Man games. Oh, yeah. I, th I said it last week where um, I actually started playing this for a bit when I got my Genesis Mini. I can't even get past the first level. This game is, like, it starts off just ridiculous. That, to me, so we, we talk about challenging and hard games on this show. And there are two different types of challenging. There's the slightly frustrating that motivates you to do more. Like Mario. Like Mario. But then you have the type that you just get so angry <laughs> that you turn the system off and you don't play it anymore. Yeah. The first time I played Vector Man on the Genesis Mini, I did the second option. I played through the first level at least six or seven times, and I could not beat the first boss. So I finally just said, screw it. And I turned the Genesis off and put it down, and I was like, I mean, I'm going to have to keep trying it because... You know, it was voted on, and I, I want to I give a good review. So I kept at it, and I swear that whenever I made it past the first level, and I should have texted you, I felt like I was, you know, an NFL team that just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I felt like it was one of the biggest accomplishments of my entire gaming career. But it doesn't get any less challenging 
from there. But do you think it's because we're getting older and we have less, like, uh, <clears throat> we have, like, less, uh, I don't know, like... Coordination we, skills? We don't have the patience to give games like we did when we were kids, or is it just because when we were kids that was all we had? Like, if we bought Vector Man... That was the only game we had for like either our birthday or Christmas, and then we had to wait to get in it. It wasn't like it is now, where like you can just go online and get any game you want at any time. You know, <clears throat> I th- I think that has something to do with it. And don't get me wrong, I like the style of gameplay. I like I like the platforming aspect mm-hmm. with that little bit of a running gun, um, you know, aspect mixed to it. Like, I actually really like that style of gameplay. Yeah, it's got a real Mega Man feel to it, but it's just, it's like Mega Man on crank, man. <laughs> yeah, Mega Man is not this difficult. And I haven't played a ton of Mega Man, but I, I've played it enough to know that even it's not this challenging. But, um, yeah, even Tyler says, I can never beat the first stage. Hate yeah. that game. Uh, but... To tell you a little bit about the story, because I actually think the story is kind of cool. In 2049, the human population of Earth embarks on a migratory voyage to try to colonize other planets. They leave mechanical orbots to clean up the mess they made on Earth through littering and pollution. Well, we could get into that discussion for a whole separate podcast. But yeah. uh, Raster, a high-level orbot who watches Earth through a planet-wide computer network, is accidentally attached to a working nuclear missile by a lesser orbot and goes insane, becoming an evil dictator named Warhead. He declares himself ruler of Earth and begins preparing to execute any humans who dare return to the planet. Enter Vector Man, a humble orbot in charge of cleaning up toxic sludge by simply discharging it into the sun. As he lands on Earth after his last trip, he finds chaos and confusion. Because all the other Orbots are controlled by Warhead, uh, Vector Man having not been affected because he was away, he takes it upon himself to destroy the errant Orbot and restore peace to Earth. So there were two things that I thought of when I was playing this game, and they both have to do with the graphics. Did you ever watch the cartoon called Reboot? Mm-mm. No. So... This was a cartoon that came on ABC. It was around the same era as the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon, the, the good one. Let me look that up. The, gra- the graphics were, like, really early stages of CG. The graphics of this game make me think of that show. I do remember and this show, but I never watched it. I, I watched bits and pieces of it, but I didn't watch it on a regular basis. The other thing that it makes me think of from a graphic standpoint because of the backgrounds is Donkey Kong Country. Kind of having that, you know, almost like um, yeah. like an artistic look to it. Uh, I'm the Rampage says Reboot was awesome. Megabyte was a great villain. And Tyler says Reboot is so good. So with all caps and an exclamation point. So must have been very good. Yeah, I, I, just, I never, said, never got uh, into it. Vector Man is Wally with a gun. I was thinking that same thing. I was like, somebody who worked on Wally must have played this game a lot. <laughs> Probably the only person in the world that beat it. Yeah. But graphically, I, I think it's actually a good looking game. You know, it was made in the mid 90s and it, it has that kind of hybrid style of, yeah. you know, it's 2D, but 
almost that little um I don't want to say faux 3D, but it has a little bit of that aspect to it. Whereas you know Donkey Kong Country did the same thing. Yeah, Lo- looks wise and even the soundtrack I think is fitting for the setting of this game. It's just so damn hard that you can't <laughs> really enjoy it. Yeah. And that that's just kind of my thing of it. And I don't want to be extremely cut and dry with it, but just even getting to the boss is, is near impossible. And I only made it to the third stage. So it's like I can't give a full review because I haven't fully completed it. But I'm like just making it to the level three. Like I commend you because I couldn't even get past the first level. Well, and that's just because I told myself I'm going to get past the first level. <laughs> and then I finally did. And then I kept going. And then I, I just when I got to the third world, I just could not like I couldn't get past it. Yeah. But I mean, and I, I, you know, I, I know we try to do fairly in-depth reviews, but I mean, the, the game's kind of cut and dry, to be completely honest. I mean, you get some cool power-ups. Uh, you get like a pulse beam and, and different types of guns that you can use to make it a little bit easier. And you get to transform into different forms, uh, which is kind of cool, but really other than that you know it's it's fairly straightforward you have a starting point and you get to the boss beat it and you move on to the next world yeah and you know uh, and i gotta give it to them though i mean the green the game looks great it sounds great the the you know the controls were really good it's just too damn hard and i think it is really like when you make a 2d side scroller like this like especially back then for in the 16-bit era, even back in like the you know the NES era with like Mega Man and and Super Mario, like there is that thin line that you were talking about between being challenging to where you want to keep coming back and like oh just one more try to get past this boss, one more try. Then there's like this just so damn hard, it's just frustrating. So it's really that's a really thin line to walk. And that's the cool thing about doing this this show, you know, like we've done so many games on this show now and we grew up with so many of these games and a lot of them that we missed like these, like I never played this. I never played Streets of Rage 2 like we talked about the week before and that was such a good game, like one of the best beat-em-ups I've ever played. But then there are games that we played are just so freaking hard that they're like just not even fun. And like you look at games that they make now, like, um, you know, the like Super Meat Boy type of games and like Dead Cells and stuff. Those kind of are really ridiculously hard, but they also keep you engaged because as soon as you die, you're instantly restarting back like where you were. There's no like load screens or anything it's like that instant like oh i get to try it again try it again and they didn't have that luxury back when these games were being made you know so there was that thin line you know between being challenging and being just ridiculously too hard well to go off on that the reviewers of electronic gaming monthly gave the first vector man a score of 8.25 out of 10 wow unanimously praising the advanced graphics and animation 
large levels with hidden areas, strong audio, and ability to change into different forms. GamePro's Scary Larry gave it a rave review, stating that your jaw will hang open in amazement at what Vector Man does with the 16-bit Genesis engine. I don't disagree with that statement. I think it's a very good-looking game for its time. There are things about this game that I like, but the fact that it's so frustratingly hard that you can't really do anything with it, I, I can't really give it that great of a score. To be perfectly honest, and it won, um, fully awarded it Genesis Game of the Year for '95. Yeah. When did when did Sonic Three come out? Sonic Three was '95, wasn't it, or '96? Oh, '94. Oh, '94. When did the uh? Oh, we talked about didn't the Saturn come out in '96? Because I think I believe this was so. one of the last. Yeah, because uh, Vector Man 2 came out in November of 96. I think the Genesis might have been kind of winding down by this time. So the Saturn came out in the States. It came out in 95. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it came out in Japan in November of 94, May of 95 in North America, and July 95 in Cause you got to think, man. In '95, the Sega Genesis was already like what, like a seven-year-old console by that time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's it's wild. So, I guess to kind of wrap up my thoughts on Vector Man, it was honestly when I got the Genesis Mini. Other than replaying the classic Sonic games, this was the game I was looking forward to the most because I had remembered briefly playing it as a kid. Never got into it, and I was excited to see what it was all about. And I was honestly shocked at how difficult it was. <laughs> so graphics, all that stuff is great. But if we were just braiding it on like graphics and audio alone, I would probably give it a solid, you know, seven to seven and a half. Yeah. Maybe even a little bit higher. But because of just the the sheer the sheer difficulty, I, I'm gonna give it probably. I'll say I'll put I'll put it right in the middle, and I'll give it a five. Yeah, I, that's about where I would put it because it's it's it looks great, but man, it is it's so hard. It's not fun. It's really not. And it's unfortunate. I, I would rather go back and play like Mega Man, the the Mega Man X games for the Super Nintendo, than play this. Yeah, I mean Mega Man X was hard, but I honestly had more fun playing that than I did Vector Man. Yeah. But yeah, that's my that's my thoughts on Vector Man. Uh, so for for my next review, which will be in two weeks, I'm going to do uh, the other option that won the Patreon poll, and this game I'm actually super stoked to play for because it's a game I've talked about reviewing for a while and I'm finally going to do it, and that is Killer Instinct for the Super Nintendo. Sweet. Uh, Let's see. There's a a game I just bought uh, for the Switch that I just started last night. I bought it on sale. I think I might review next week. It's called Anodyne. Have you heard of this game? I have not. It's a 16-bit adventure game. 
looks a lot like uh, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, those type of games. Mm-hmm. And um, I just bought, I just started a, a game last night. I played for like ten minutes, but it, it the the soundtrack is really cool. I ended up buying it. I think for like ninety nine cents or a dollar ninety nine, something like that. It's on sale right now. Uh, came out February twenty eighth, twenty nineteen. I think. Okay. Oh, the initial release date was February fourth, twenty thirteen. Um, it's been it's out on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation Four, Xbox One, uh, Windows, iOS, Linux. Um, so it's pretty much available everywhere. But it's on sale right now on the Switch. So if you're interested in those games, like you know, uh, like Secret of Mana, Legend of Zelda, <clears throat> Link to the Past, those type of games. Definitely check it out, and um, I'm gonna try to play it this weekend and uh, get it, see how far I can get into it. If I can get to it pretty close to, to finishing it, I'll review it next week. But if not, then I'm probably gonna do um, Journey to Silius. I think either one of those I'm gonna do, unless something else pops up. Sweet, because I really been wanting to do Journey to Silius. I haven't gotten far into it, but that's the game that they was actually supposed to be Terminator Two. But then they lost oh, really? the license a- after they had already been working on the game and they were pretty much finished, but then they lost the license. So they mm-hmm. kind of wiped all references to Terminator out of it and mm-hmm. called it Journey to Silius. Interesting. Which I think would make for good discussion. Oh, absolutely. But uh, was there anything else you wanted to uh, to throw out there before we leave tonight? Um, I don't think so. Just, um, you can check out my new morning show, the daily diamond every Monday or Monday through Friday (laughs) on Facebook live. I know that the name is so cheesy, but it's, it's awesome. Um, and it funny enough, I came up with that title as a joke and then I I told it to a few people and they're like, no, you should use it. It's so so good. (laughs) So that that's every Monday through Friday on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Podcast. New episodes of the Derek Diamond Experience come out every Thursday on all podcasting platforms as well as YouTube, and you can find the show on all forms of social media at Podcast. And uh, not much going on with me. I've actually, with all this new uh, time on my hands of not having shows to go do i've been thinking a lot about maybe doing some streaming again so keep an eye out on my twitter um facebook at jfunktastic jason robbins on um on facebook i may start doing some uh some more streaming of uh retro games in the next couple of weeks i've been thinking about doing that again i need to fit, go back and uh see if i can finish ninja gaiden finally and uh defeat the final boss and if i do it online at least i'll have it captured forever and ever on twitch and youtube you're gonna have to cut your reaction to when you do that and it'll go viral oh i will and if i (laughs) if i actually get down to where i I like have the boss at like one hit point left i'll just pause it and then call you and be like watch twitch (laughs) go on twitch right now it's about to happen And you don't even have to explain. I'll know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> help, help. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. Oh, man. Yeah, just keep an eye out. I may do some uh, some streaming soon. But I think that's going to do it for tonight. What do you say? Yeah. Yeah, let's get out of here. All right.
let me play our music. Do I have our music where it's supposed to be? I do not. I'm so unprepared. Let me hit it right here. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro, at jfantastic, and at Derek underscore diamond. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro, where you can throw us a couple of bucks a month and help keep the lights on. And if we get back up to that $50 level, we will do extra episodes every month. And if you can't do that, can't throw us a buck leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are sold thank you guys for joining us in the twitch chat room tonight and Derek please tell them what it's all about excuse me princess <laughs> do it a Mario Monkey! You blow!